Greetings and welcome to another Different Church Podcast. My name is Jarrett and I hope you are having an awesome day. I'm recording this intro at 10.23 on a Sunday night. If you're a regular listener, you know that I'm recording it a little earlier than usual. Good for me. Gonna jump on things. And uh, excited to bring you this podcast today. It's kind of a special podcast uh, because we had a special service today. Uh, We did something called Biography. And basically, uh, we canceled the music for the service. And we invited some of our people to come up and tell some personal stories. Uh, This is the second biography that we've done. And the um, theme was on rest. So everyone kind of told a story that was centered around rest. Uh, Pastor Hannah closed it down, talking about how she's the worst at resting. And then last but not least was Guiana with a meditation on rest. Uh, So special treat for you. I left everything in the podcast. So this will probably be like the longest podcast we've ever had. It'll be around an hour. Um, So the first couple things are some stories from some of our crew. Uh, Andrea, Chris, and Rick, and then Hannah, and then Guiana. Uh, feel free to jump around if you want, or just listen to the thing all the way through. Uh, I've got a few announcements for you, but I'm going to let uh, past me take care of telling you about those in the uh, the podcast. You'll see what I mean. Uh, hey, past me, what's up? What's up, everybody? How's it going? Good. Can you guys hear me okay? Cool. Um, Good morning. My name is Jarrett. Uh, We are doing something a little bit different today, a little bit special, a little bit awesome. Uh, We're calling it biography. Yep. Yep. Thank you. So let me tell you a little bit about where this idea came from. Uh, So you have to go back in time to before the church like officially launched, right? And we were trying to put all the things together and trying to plan all the stuff. And at the time, I didn't even, I never even heard of a, of a Guiana. I didn't know a Guiana existed. We were trying to find who our band was gonna be. And um, because what we were doing was so weird and unique, like a lot of like the church musicians didn't wanna play with us because we weren't super churchy. Uh, and a lot of the bar musicians didn't wanna play with us because we were too churchy for that. So I was worried that we would would maybe not be able to find the right team. And uh, thank God we did, right? Geez, our band is killer. And we have like, uh, yeah, we've got a great like bench of people. Like if, if our regulars aren't here, we've got tons of people to fill in. So that's amazing. But at the time, I didn't know. I thought there might be a Sunday where just like I couldn't find anybody. And so uh, we were kind of talking behind the scenes. Like, what do we do? What does church look like if there is no music, right? Like that's music and preaching. Those are like the two things you need, right? Wrong, it turns out, maybe. (laughs) So we came up with this idea of uh, biography where we would ask our people to come up and kind of tell their stories. And so we've done one. Um, We kind of wanted to do them more frequently, but we just haven't been able to find the right week. Well, this is the right week, so that's cool. Yep, yep. Actually, uh, I'm going to make everybody clap. We've got uh, three guest speakers today, plus Hannah, and then Guiana's going to do a meditation at the end. So before we do anything, just clap it up for them for being willing. Yep. It's super cool that people are willing to put themselves out there. Um, I think it's super important that the church, like our church, but also the church, is telling its people's stories. 
<clears throat> and I'm uh, super proud to be a church that will tell stories from stage that other churches maybe wouldn't let you on stage. Um, I think there's a whole community of people and we need to listen to stories uh, from people that we haven't listened to in a really long time. So I'm just pumped that Different is a place that that can happen. Uh, so thank you so much for being here today. Uh, today's theme is rest. So each story is going to be loosely centered around rest. I know if you're like me, that's like your least favorite thing. You just kind of want to go, go, go. Uh, but it's important. I, I assume that's what everybody's going to come to the conclusion of. I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, and then Hannah's going to speak for a little bit. And then we're going to actually practice resting at the end. Uh, Gianna's going to get up here and help us do like a meditation. And it's going to be super cool. So... Without further ados or a don'ts, which is a new saying that I started last week, uh, we have our first speaker. Clap it up real good for Andrea. I'm gonna stay up here while she's getting ready so that it's not awkward. Boom. Uh, I even put a little iPad stand there for you. Yep. You got it. Oh, yep. She's better than Hannah, everybody. Woo! Okay, uh, take it away, Andrea. Hello, okay. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Andrea, and I was asked to come up and speak about rest and how I feel about it. Um, so, here we go. Rest is about being able to turn off your brain. Well, friends, among my various mental health issues, I have anxiety, and I know a lot of people here probably have anxiety. Um, I get in my brain and I get like, if I don't get gas, I can't go to the grocery store to buy food for my kid who I need to pick up from school, who's gonna be hungry, and then, so I better start thinking about dinner, even though it's only lunch, and so on. I constantly overwhelm myself we're told a million times in church to not do that. Trust in God, rest in Jesus, etc. That's been my biggest issue with rest. When you rest, you have to trust that you'll be safe. So when you go to sleep, you check the doors to make sure they're locked. You close all the windows, turn off the lights. Once all the checklist is done, you feel secure and you can leave yourself vulnerable to rest to go to sleep. Vulnerability isn't my forte. Life has shown a lot of us that if we need something done, we gotta do it ourselves. Um, so that's how a lot of us live. Um, and at the end of 2019, I had an incident. I had to go to the ER and um, so now I have a bum finger. It was, I tripped and uh, there was glass and it was great. So I had surgery and I was on a lot of heavy blood thinners for quite a while. And so I was in the hospital. And then when I wasn't in the hospital, I was still like on bed rest. Um, so I couldn't do anything. Even walking myself to the bathroom was considered a health risk. Um, so while I was incapacitated, I was freaking out about my household and I just thought everything was gonna fall apart. 
you know, because I wasn't the one doing everything to make sure it got done. Well, y'all, I am so blessed. My husband really stepped up. He took care of everything, including me, for months. What I'm trying to say is I was forced to rest. By God's will, by clumsy circumstance, however you want to look at it, But while I was bedridden, I had to really lean into and trust my husband. At first, I was a control freak, barking orders from bed. But my husband was so patient with me, and he kept getting everything right. So shortly after coming home, I was able to really just take time when I was stuck in bed and honestly just cast my fears of my house falling apart aside. And... My house was fine. My family was fine. I was fine. Even my husband was fine. So it was very freeing just to be and know everything was going to be fine, but not even just fine. It was great. Um, Eventually, I was able to recoup and do all my usual stuff, and we got back to our normal. But, y'all, the time getting to realize that I don't control anything and everything will be fine if I take a little time for myself to heal in more ways than one was irreplaceable. Learning to trust God, the universe, and my husband, even myself, is the key to rest in my life. I definitely need reminders of these things all the time. But when I'm able to remember that, I can trust God and my family, especially my husband, to be beside me. Even if I take a break to get some rest, I'm finally able to let my mind and my body heal itself. I'm finally able to rest. Thank you. Ooh, give it up again for Andrea. I don't know why I'm speaking like this. That's weird. Okay, now it's time for my story. I'm kidding. Uh, I feel like today's theme is rest, but it's like, I just, I just have this feeling that it's going to be forced to rest. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, Jeff, I didn't prep you for this, but go ahead and throw up the, um, the announcement slide for me. So the next guy that we have coming up... Um, He's actually been on this stage before. Uh, You may or may not have been around for this, but at the beginning of the year, we took the whole day off for, um, we we didn't do service, and instead we had a magic show. Uh, Chris and Ryan, if you don't know them, raise your hand, Ryan. Ryan's there, Chris is over this way. Um, They just launched a magic theater here in St. Pete. They um, scoured the country many, many months ago, years ago, I guess, at this point, looking for the perfect place to launch their magic theater, and they selected St. Pete. And um, it just launched about a month ago, and I've read a bunch of really cool press from you guys, a bunch of cool articles, and they always ask, um, why St. Pete? And there's this like long list, and I'm just really flattered because right at the top of the list was like, we, we were looking for a great church. And so that's, they found us, and that's essentially, you know, it's thanks to us that you guys are here and insane <laughs> uh, anyway the reason i had him bring up the slides um is events right there in the middle we've got two big events coming up 
One is a beach day, the 18th from 10 to 1. Uh, but the second one is Zubrick Magic, the 25th. I put it 6.30. I wasn't sure if that's right. Is that right? Yeah, so arrive at the theater at 6.30, shows at 7. For either one of those events, if you go to diff.church, you'll be able to see a couple tabs. Just click on the events button, and then from there you can RSVP. <clears throat> we would love to be able to keep a head count of who's coming to the beach with us. And then, of course, for the magic show, uh, you got to buy tickets. So you can RSVP, RSVP through us, and then buy tickets through there. We'll make sure you have the link and all that good stuff. Since this is up, don't forget at some point today, go to diff.church. Don't do it now, though. Give all of your attention to the magic man himself, Chris Zubrick, everybody. Sorry, I'm going to make this super casual and sit down. You guys don't mind, do you? Can you see over my head from my slideshows? How's this? Good? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Chris. Uh, this is my beautiful husband, Ryan, as uh, Jared introduced. Yeah, oh, thank you, Hannah. <laughs> One of you. <laughs> okay. um, when Jarrett approached me and said, hey, uh, can you speak uh, at church on Sunday? Uh, I said, yes. And I said, well, what's the topic about? He said, it's about rest. So I thought long and hard about rest and what does it mean to me and what, what could this, uh, this story be about? And I'm a parent, a father, and I think for those of you who are parents, we understand <laughs> that we need rest from time to time. So I thought I'd set this up by telling you how our family came to be. Now, Ryan and I knew that we wanted to have a child uh, for a long time. Uh, we've been together for 16 years. And so we started down the open adoption route. For us, we thought that was morally and financially the best way to go. So we went through all of the paperwork, the, the home studies, everything. We were just one or two steps away from getting into the waiting pool. And then we got an email that changed our life. It was from Ryan's sister, Kim. She said, I have an oven. It's in working order. Would you guys like it? And we were like, our oven works just fine. Why is she asking us if we want it? Then it clicked. <laughs> so we wrote her back and we said, absolutely. This, this is wonderful. We'd love to do this. A week later, Ryan's uh, old magic assistant from high school, Abby, wrote us and said, I have some eggs that I'm willing to donate to you guys if you'd like them. Wow, great. So it worked out perfectly. So we, we left the open adoption agency and we went down the surrogacy route. Now this was Kim's very first pregnancy. She had never had a child before and she was gonna be carrying our child which was incredible. So we had to get a team of lawyers and therapists and find an organization that would work with us because we were all related and because this was her first pregnancy, we didn't know how it would go. Uh, but we put together a great team. We got 21 eggs from Abby and then Ryan and I split them and I inseminated half, he inseminated half. And then we took one embryo from Ryan and one embryo from me and we inserted them both into Ryan's sister. Now, for some people, that, that's, wait a minute, Ryan, you had a baby with your sister? But it's, uh, there is no, uh, no biological tie there. She was essentially our oven. So we were performing overseas on the island of Guam at the time, and we would Skype in to all of the doctor calls, the ultrasounds, all of that. Now, when it came time 
for our son to be born, we flew to Santa Monica, California, and we met Kim at the hospital. And while uh, she was in, in the room, and Ryan and I were completely scrubbed head to toe, and we were excited. We had worked on a birth plan. It was a concrete birth plan. So this is everything that you want to happen during labor and delivery. So we were excited. We were gonna, I was gonna cut the umbilical cord. We were gonna do skin to skin contact. It was going to be incredible. So we're all scrubbed up, we're ready to go. Uh, they have induced labor. And then all of a sudden, all of these sirens and blinking lights went off. A team of nurses rushed in, took Kim, and took it right out, like that. No explanation. In that moment, Ryan and I were standing in her room, just the two of us, all scrubbed up, completely alone. No idea what's going on. We held each other, and we sobbed. We were so worried what, what was going to happen to Kim, to Ryan's sister, what was going to happen to our son. We had no idea. What had happened was uh, she had a placenta abruption. Essentially, the placenta detaches from the uterine wall. It could either be full or partial. In Oliver's case, that's her son Oliver, it was a full detach. So he was not receiving any oxygen, which is not good. Uh, he was without oxygen, they guess, about five minutes. Now, our OBGYN was on her way to the hospital. She wasn't there yet. So she threw her keys to some random person and said, park my car, got into the hospital, threw everybody out of the elevator, went up to the room and got Oliver out with an emergency C-section. Uh, again, it was about five minutes without oxygen. We were not there for any of that. We were still crying in the other room. Um, after he was born, they said that he, because of the lack of oxygen, he suffered an HIE event which is, I'm going to totally screw this up, it's hypoxic, ischemic, encephalopathy. Basically, it means uh, no blood, no oxygen, brain damage. Wonderful. Um, they decided that he was going to undergo a relatively new treatment at the time, which is called neonatal therapeutic hypothermia treatment. They put him in an ambulance with Ryan. Only one parent was allowed to go and they rushed him over to the Children's Hospital of LA. I got in the car and I drove at a snail's pace because I was in a car, not an ambulance with flashing lights, to meet Ryan and Oliver at the hospital. When we got there, this is what we saw. If you can hit that, Jeff. This is Oliver here, uh, connected to all of his monitors and tubes and oxygen and Lord knows what else. What he's on there is the cooling pad. Basically, it's temperature-controlled water that runs through the bottom of the pad. He has no clothes on, just a diaper. He had to stay on this pad for 72 hours. We were not allowed to pick him up. We were not allowed to hold him. Uh, he sat there, and he just shivered for 72 hours. Never once did we get to cut the umbilical cord, to do the skin-to-skin -skin contact. We could not hold our son for three days. Uh, we were scared. We, it was a very, very traumatic and uh, sobering event. You can go to the next one. Um, when Ryan first got to the hospital, a doctor sat down with him and very blankly stated, your son may never feed himself. He may never walk. Uh, 
and went through just this list of nevers, will never do, can never do, uh, cerebral palsy, you name it. Uh, so we were, we were terrified, but walking around the halls and seeing all the other kids, seeing newborns literally the size of my palm, uh, kids that have been in the hospital for months, your mind starts going, right? You're just like, what, what's going to happen to Oliver? Um, we were there every morning, all through the day, until the sun went down, every single day. We were there at the CHLA for two weeks in total, never knowing when we were going to get out. He had to, to pass milestone after milestone in order to get us out of there. Uh, you can go to the next slide. We had to do sleep studies. This is him in the sleep study. Uh, he had to be on oxygen for the first six months of his life. So we had to buy an oxygen concentrator, which uh, he wore a nasal cannula every time he slept. We had to have an oxygen concentrator when we flew 24 hours back to Guam. Um, but we were at the hospital every day and there was nothing that we could do. And our nurse, our head nurse, she was a wonderful lady. We're still uh, good friends with her to this day. Her name is Beth. Uh, she said, guys, we, we've got this. You need to go back to your hotel and you need to rest. So I guess the moral of the story is, you know, if, if you're carrying a bunch of weight on your shoulders, things are too tough, give yourself permission to take a rest. It's okay. Uh, it's okay to ask your partner, your spouse, to carry the load. It's okay to ask your business partner or coworker or let go and let God. It's okay. You have permission to stop and take a rest. There's nothing that we could do here. Nothing at all. What we really needed to do is go home, regroup, reconnect, and just take a rest. So if you can go to the next story. Any of you that know us or know Oliver, this is Oliver now. He's four years old. Absolutely no issues. Um, he, he does have two uh, lesions on his brain from the, from the lack of oxygen, but the doctor said there is a chance when babies are born that their brain will reroute and go around the damaged parts. He's a perfectly beautiful child, and we are so blessed and could not ask for anything better. So take a rest if you need it. That's my story, and uh, the rest is history. Thank you. Thanks for telling that story, man. Um, yeah, if you've been around here at all, you've seen Oliver, and uh, you can attest that he's he's fine. <laughs> Him and, uh, and and our son Owen are like kind of best buds. And uh, after the service today, they will probably be in here running laps. And uh, sidebar, he's like the best swimmer I've ever seen at his age. That's pretty insane. Um, so that's one of the big things that I'm really thankful for about this church is um we've just made so many cool connections that never would have happened if this place didn't exist so and it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you so give yourself a little mini hand yay us thanks um okay uh if you walked in a little bit late uh you might be a little confused yes this is church i know it's weird we're just telling stories today uh this is something uh called biography this is the second one we've ever done and we kind of cancel the band for the day which by the way if it's your first time come back and see the band they're pretty awesome uh, and instead of doing music, we just do stories. Um, we like to tell stories of our crew. Uh, so everybody you're seeing today is somebody that's like a big part of what we're doing here. 
And the theme today is rest. So if, again, if you're just walking in, today we're telling stories about rest. We have one more, and then Hannah's going to kind of wrap us up about rest, and then Guiana's going to do a meditation. Uh, so the next one, uh, out there in the audience, Rick and Stephanie, raise your hand. Woo, you're over there. Okay. I saw you over there earlier. So uh, I know a little bit of Rick's story. Um, he started coming here maybe like a month ago, a little longer potentially. Um, but from Stephanie, I, th I feel like you thought he might never, ever like come to a church again. And he's like here speaking on stage after being here a month. So that's freaking crazy. Uh, he's like the biggest Star Trek guy that I know. Anybody Star Trek fan out there? All right, I like it. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you can use this mic, you can use that mic. It's, it's crazy. There you go. I don't think I got to tell you. Yeah, you can pull it. He knows what he's doing. He's a rock star. Right, here. Yeah, you got, hold on. There it is. Okay, give it, up for, give it up for Rick, everybody. Hey, everybody. And those slides, Jarrett, you got those ready to go? Okay, I'll, I'll call for those in a second. So hi, I'm Rick. And I've got a story for you guys. Um, uh, I'll, I'll preface it with a story before this story, though. And I'll say that I am a man that has lived not one, but not two, but three lives. And for the first part of my active teenage years, I was uh, into drugs and I, I suffered drug addiction for a solid 17 years. And at the end of my 17 year stint, I finally surrendered in 2008, and I've been clean since 2008, almost 13 years. It's, it was a feat for me, but you guys just, they're not addicts, you just do it every day, and it's like, well, whatever. But, so on two, in 2008, I began my second life. And I did that by the way of a, a 12-step fellowship. And when I joined this 12-step fellowship, they gave me a list of stuff I needed to do. And it was to get to know all these people and do all these things and be a part of service to this thing that was saving my life every day. So I did that, and it was so fun. And my schedule was constantly filled with stuff to do. There wasn't a moment's time where I wasn't attending a meeting where I wasn't going to help somebody to uh, be, of some, be of some kind of service to this fellowship, and I enjoyed the heck out of it, and that's what largely kept me clean for all that time. And then, <laughs> doing all this stuff, being quite busy, never having really a moment to rest and, and, and be just with me, you know? It was as if God said, Rick, Thou shalt lay down for 40 days. Uh, God didn't sound like that. God sounds like whatever, but I'm just, let's pretend. <clears throat> so that's what happened. And it started about, and it was in 2012 this happened. And around August, I started to get a little bit sick. And uh, I had a yearly sinus infection. I went to the doctor. I got antibiotics. It was fine. But this time, there was something different. And I remember I would go to the store and like just try my best to wheel around the grocery store to pick up something to, you know, keep my nourishment up and feel better. And uh, I got home and 
Uh, I, this is kind of graphic, but <laughs> excuse me. When, when I went to the bathroom and I peed, it was the color of Coca-Cola. And I was like, well, that's not right. <clears throat> so I knew there was something really wrong. And uh, uh, my mom came over, had to take care of me for a couple of days. And finally, um, I was in so much pain everywhere. This, I don't know where the pain came from, but I was in so much pain. I said, Mom, you got to take me to the hospital right now. So went to the hospital. And they saw me. They dismissed me and said, take two of these and call me in the morning kind of thing. And uh, I went back a couple hours later and said, I'm not, I'm not okay. And so what happened, see what had happened was, I had this, this flu that my body couldn't fight for whatever reason. And this thing happened called rhabdomyolysis. And you can cue that first slide for me. So if you can see that, this is me in the hospital. There's a big patch of red on my neck, which is a blood clot. And uh, I was pretty much comatose for the first couple of weeks. Now, rhabdomyolysis is a medical term. Well, there's some medical terms out there like Chris did. And um, basically, when your, your body breaks down muscle, when you're working out, when you're, you have extraneous uh, exercise, your body produces myoglobin and that is filtered through your kidneys. So in the course of 24 to 48 hours, my body destroyed all of my muscle. And I lost probably about 20 pounds of muscle in two days, all trying to come out through my renal system. So my kidneys were in failure. I was bleeding internally. And they had so many white coats in the hospital, like trying to figure out what was wrong with me. What was wrong with Rick? Is Rick gonna make it? And I had so many people that came to visit me and, and they didn't know if I was going to make it either. But you know what? It's, I had to come to some, some terms with things in life because I was in there for 40 days and at the end of that 40 days I couldn't walk. I couldn't do things with anything that required muscle I couldn't do. I couldn't sign my own name. And um, luckily I had my mom there to kind of take care of me for the next month, but I survived. I survived this thing by which I think textbooks probably have my case in there. And um, the normal amount of CPK, which is the stuff you're, the, the, the renal stuff I was talking about, for a normal man, it's like 230 units per liter. Extreme cases, maybe a couple thousand. Mine was 300,000 CPK. And by all rights, I should be on kidney dialysis. I shouldn't even be alive, but I'm here. So I'm, I'm living my third life, you guys. And how I tied it into rest was, like Andrea's story, I had to rest. And God said, <laughs> in a weird way, we're gonna give you some time, Rick. So I took the time and I had things in place that I was taking care of for that period. And man, it was just like, from that point on, and I'll cue the, the second slide for me. This, if you can see it, was something that was a, a complication due to rhabdomyolysis called compartment syndrome. And that's when basically when you lose tissue, your body compensates by swelling with liquid. This is my finger, and that's a blister on it. So that happened everywhere. And I was just blistered everywhere. I have scars everywhere. And um, 
So let's fast forward that 40 days, and you can do that third slide. And here is me and my mom. <laughs> and when I got out of the hospital, I couldn't walk. It took me probably a good month and a half to just practice standing every day. And uh, I used a walker to get around a lot of places. And um, I had to like, pretty much relearn everything that I had done and take it for granted for years. And so I rested. And this was me and my mom. I was uh, part of the Taoist Tai Chi Society. And they helped me to recover physically a little bit too. And just from that point forward, I realized that I didn't have to be everywhere. I didn't have to do everything. I didn't have to see everybody. And when it was time to take time for me, that that was okay. So I hope that you guys just take some time for yourself when you need it. And there's not, um, there's not any good time to do it, but if you feel like you need to, please do. Thanks for letting me speak. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks, Chris. Andrea was much better at this than I am. <laughs> Why is iPad stand so hard for me? Well, I, um, thanks, Jarrett. <laughs> You're like, give it up for Andrea and Chris and Rick, and well, I guess we'll end with Hannah. <laughs> My name's Hannah. If you don't know me, if you're new here, I'm the pastor. So Jarrett likes to give me a hard time. Like everyone else in my life. <sighs> what did I do to deserve this? I actually, um, it's a bit ridiculous that I'm up here closing the topic of rest because I am terribly, horribly, absolutely no good at it. Like, you know, everyone else. So it's just one of those like, do as I say, not as I do. You should listen to the words coming out of my mouth. But, like, don't look at my wife. Definitely don't look at my wife, okay? Is that a deal that we can make for the next like 10 minutes while I talk to you? I have a lot of complicated feelings about rest. So for one thing, like most of you, I have grown up in like this hustle culture. You know, like you, the only thing we celebrate is how hard people are working. The messaging we get is you need to work more. Work harder, work longer. If you just work hard enough, you will succeed. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, which I don't even understand as a metaphor. Like how are you supposed to go anywhere if you're holding onto your shoelaces? Or even if you like take them out and like, pull yourself, then you lose your shoes. So I really don't understand that metaphor. But like, just work. Keep working, work harder, keep working, keep working, keep working, just keep working, just keep working. What do you do? You work. Work at night, get up early, stay up late, work on the weekends, turn your hobbies into work, make money at them. Um, turn your vacations into work, plan every single second of every possible moment so that by the time you get home, you need a vacation from your vacation. Better yet, better yet, don't even take vacation days, okay? Just let them accumulate until you are maxed out and your company is like, if you don't take these, you're gonna lose them. And you're like, I can't lose them because the whole company is gonna fall apart if I'm not here. And of course, like they don't care really about you at all. They're like, oh yeah, definitely keep working. We need you, you're valuable. You're not. <laughs> like burn the candle at both ends. Get so tired, you can barely think and you're just surviving on coffee in the morning and five-hour energies in the afternoon, and then you finally, it's like time to go to bed, and then you either stay up way too late because it's the only time you got to yourself all day, or you go to bed, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be a responsible adult, 
and I'm gonna go to sleep, and then you just stare at the ceiling for hours thinking of all the things that have to be done and all the things that you have to do and the mental load and your adrenaline's just like, sleep? How could you do that? Life is here. Oh, and if you feel like I'm calling you out, like, please don't. <laughs> this, I'm just describing my life to you. <laughs> Josiah and I, that's my husband, have been married for 10 years. During this entire 10-year period, okay, minus one year, that was great. I had so much fun that one year. I either have worked multiple jobs at the same time, or I was working a full-time job and being in grad school full-time. There was even one like particularly terrible year where I worked full-time, I was in grad school too full-time, taking too many credit hours, mind you, because I was like, I mean, I'm gonna graduate early, okay? Um, early by like five years. It took me five years to do a three-year degree, so I did not graduate early, so it was worthless <laughs> to take extra credit hours. And I was doing like an unpaid internship type thing on the weekends, and I was also teaching two college classes online. <sighs> Just so great. Sometimes working your fingers to the bone is worth it. Right? Like, there are seasons in our life where we put in maximum effort because the end result is worth it. And I feel that way about grad school. It was shockingly hard, and I would do it again because it was worth it. Of course, at the time, that was the hardest thing I'd done in my life. It doesn't even hold a candle to how hard it was after Nova was born. Nova is my baby. If you don't know, she's eight months old. She was up at like 5.15 this morning because that's just so delightful. She was like, oh, mom, I'm hungry. Why are you not awake and feeding me immediately? And I was like, I'm trying to sleep, okay? I'm trying to rest. How can you not respect my life? <laughs> Children don't respect your life. <laughs> so it didn't hold a candle, right? So I had her, I had six weeks to not work after I had her. And then at six weeks, I went back to my full-time job at the law firm. I had no childcare. I still don't. In fact, she's with me all the time. So I was working full-time with an infant we didn't even know what was going on. Like, I've never done this before, okay? I don't know how to be a parent. I don't know how to be a mom. She's crying all the time. I'm crying all the time. It was great, okay? So we were doing that. I had a full-time job with a child, an infant. I had a full-time job at the law firm, and I was trying to, like, make sure different church also survived. I was like, oh, yeah, I have to speak on Sunday. Crap. <laughs> And I have to like respond to people when they're like, hey, I'm struggling, I'm having a hard time. I'm gonna be like, yes, tell me about your problems. And inside I was like, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> you should be listening to me right now. I'd never said that. Um, I'll never miss an opportunity to just say like, thank you <laughs> for making it possible for me to dedicate full-time, like my full-time life of work to a different church and to leave the job at the law firm because it has been the most like affirming, healing thing in my life to not have to just every day from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. be a mad dash to try to get stuff done um, and take care of the baby and like get a shower somehow becomes a luxury when you have a child. Like if you're single, the one thing you need to know, two things you need to know that you will have a hard time doing after a child is showering and going to the bathroom. I have never in my life ever been like, nobody warned me that after you have a child, you would spend the whole time just waiting, is there anybody in this house who can hold this baby for just three minutes so I could go to the bathroom in peace all the time? I had no idea, it's a big deal. But you must be thinking like, oh my gosh, now that you are dedicating all your time to different church, you must be so much better at this now. Like you must have so much time for activities. No. I did mention Nova's with me all the time, right? 
So no, <laughs> no time for activities. <laughs> um, in fact, the guilt about not doing enough is still there and it's worse because now essentially like I, I guess I work for myself, like in a sense, like I'm the one doing stuff. So like I start in between the job at the law firm and transitioning to work full time for a different church. I had took a week off because I said, you know, I haven't had a day off. There hasn't been one day in six months where I haven't done some work. So I took a week and I did some different church stuff, but like it was a very restful week. And then you would think, oh yes, now you'll be good at this and it'll be okay. No, for two months, after starting full-time at Different, I, there was not a single day where I didn't do some kind of work. I would work, I would get up early and work. I would work um, every single time Nova was sleeping, I would work. I would stay up late to work, I would work if I could, on my laptop or on my phone while she's with me, attached to me. Every day, Sunday through Saturday, I might take a few hours off on the weekend or something to see friends, but like constantly I would work. And honestly, I would have continued doing that. Except, Jarrett was like, well, we should do a biography on rest. <laughs> and I was like, well, dang it. <laughs> no, thank you. I know I'm standing up here like with a microphone. I'm supposed to have some special like God wisdom to import to you. Newsflash, I'm just a human. And I don't have some kind of supernatural power to do this. Like, it hit me really hard. When Jared was like, I think we should do the topic of rest. I was like, oh no. Like, what am I even gonna say? I'm gonna get up there and be like, you should be resting. This is important for you. I'm not doing it, but you should do it. I really love that journey for you. <laughs> okay. Like I knew I couldn't stand up here and honestly say to you that rest was valuable and important and like you should be doing it when I'm not practicing what I preach at all. Like the pressure to keep doing stuff is unreal. I know we all suffer from this. But like there's this worry in the back of my mind and maybe you have this about your life or your family or your job. Like if you don't spend every available second pouring your heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears into something, like if I don't spend every second that I'm awake thinking about work, working, doing something for different churches, and somehow, you know, different churches is not gonna survive. We, it'll cease to exist. People won't feel cared for. Nobody will come to church. Um, there won't be any donations. You won't be able to stay full time. Um, we might not be able to pay our rent. It is just on and on and on and on and on because you know we get trapped in these spirals. It's the same as like Andrea mentioned with the doors being locked. Are the doors locked? Because if they're not locked, then what if somebody tries the door and if the door isn't locked, then they could come in and then what's gonna happen? And then, and then, and then, and we get trapped in this cycle and this is how it ties into faith, right? because at some point this doesn't just depend on me. If I say I'm a person of faith, then I actually need to be a person of faith, don't I? Am I leaving any space for God to show up here? Any? Am I leaving any room for God to do anything when I'm like, I'm responsible for everything? If I'm not the one doing it, then it's not gonna get done. And if I'm not the one doing it, then it's not gonna get done right. And I might as well do it myself because what? <gasps> I have two scripture verses to share with you. First one is Genesis 2.2. It says, you probably know this verse. For six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. And on the seventh day, God what? Oh, what a nice verse. 
<laughs> this is what I, the only thing I'm going to say here. If God, God took a day off, who do you think you are? Who do I think I am never taking a day off? If God was like, we're good. Taking a break. See ya. See you on day eight. Oh, where do I get the metaphorical, you know what, cojones? <laughs> if I say them in a different language, it's not as offensive, right? <laughs> where do I get that? Like, the, ugh, to think that I should never take a day off. Second verse is from Psalm 127.2. My dad actually had this framed next to his bed. Uh, my dad worked a lot when I was growing up because he had to. Like, we didn't have any money. He, the bills had to be paid and he would burn the candle at both ends. And someone actually gave this to him in a little plaque that he had to frame and put by his bed. And this is what the verse says. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of toil, for God gives his beloveds sleep. Can I get an amen from all the tired people? <laughs> Do you know what the definition of vain is? Producing no results, useless. If you or I, if we stay up all night, work ourselves to death, cut into our sleep budget, never take time off, God actually says that that produces no results and is useless. You are God's beloved, and God gives sleep to you as a gift. So to show you that I'm working on it, okay, this is what I have done. For the last four weeks, I have taken one day off every week. I feel like you should be applauding me, okay? This is very difficult. Whatever, I know you don't mean it. If I have to ask for applause. <laughs> I took one day off each week, okay? So the first one was on a Tuesday, the second one was on a Saturday, the third one was on a Thursday, and this week was on Friday. Scheduling. <laughs> um, I didn't do any church work on those days. Not one single thing. It felt amazing. Spoiler alert, when you actually take time off, it's pretty great. <laughs> like, come on, you guys. You could be doing stuff. Do you know what I did? I took two naps. <laughs> I baked three batches of cookies. I watched five episodes of MasterChef, the yeah. season of legends. <laughs> I crocheted. I spent uninterrupted quality time with my partner and my baby. I went to bed at a reasonable time. And then, you know, like, I felt great afterwards. I felt so much more prepared the next day to, like, do stuff because I didn't have that resentment of, like, I, this always has to be done and I never get a break and I always feel like I'm going crazy. And I totally get that maybe you're in a season of your life where an entire day is not feasible. I get it. I have been there, like, especially if you have kids. If that's the case, can you carve out a few hours? Do you have a partner or a parent or a friend who can take your kids for just a little bit of time so that you can recharge a little bit? I know you're thinking, I could never leave my kids with anyone. Maybe you aren't. Maybe you're like, yeah, I'd definitely leave my kids. Bye. <laughs> I currently can barely leave Nova with anyone because she just loves us so much that she screams her head off when other people are around, except for my mom. And so, like, a, what, the Saturday that we took off was for Josiah and I's anniversary, and we left her. She wasn't happy about it. We left her for, like, eight hours. We 
went to the Vinoy and got massages, I felt very fancy, very fancy. And then we like ate a dinner and talked to each other as adults. We had adult conversation and there was no baby anywhere around me. And of course, did, what did we talk about the whole time? The baby, <laughs> because I have a, a disease. <laughs> but like, you have to plan time. If you don't have another person and you have like, give your kids to your partner and just be like, okay, I need three hours. You got this. It doesn't matter if you don't do things the same way as me. I trust you, you'll be fine. The house isn't gonna be burned down, it's fine. If you're a single person or if you're a person who doesn't have children in your life, like, please take advantage. You have the most precious gift and it is not having like drool and spit up on you and food smeared on your body and like babies, it's so great. Yes, have kids. <laughs> I mean, you should, it's great. But also like you have the ability to do, you don't have to be on all the time. Just quit believing the lie that you do. So we are gonna have 10 minutes of rest right now. I'm very excited about this. Kiana's gonna come up here. Kiana is one of my favorite people. And she has a meditation that she has written and created herself. And I am giving you permission to do whatever you need to do for the next 10 minutes. You can focus on the words. You can focus on the music. You can full on close your eyes. You can lay down on the chairs and take a 10 minute nap. I'm giving you permission to sleep in church. <laughs> Please just try to let that drive, that production drive go. Like let the mental load of what you have to do immediately after church and tonight before you go to bed and what the week is gonna look like and just, everybody take a big breath in and then go like this. What is that? It was like a yoga breath, like the breath of fire. <laughs> it's so attractive when you breathe in yoga. Close your eyes. God gives this to you as a gift. Just rest for 10 minutes and then I'll come back give you a couple announcements and we'll do a benediction. And then hopefully we'll start the, the week a little less stressed. Okay, okay. So if you're new to meditation, try to give yourself some grace. Try to relax, and I always find that when I'm at home meditating, it helps to close my eyes when I listen. So I'm just gonna guide you through, sing a little bit, and just try to leave all of the heaviness that you might have come in here with. Push it aside for now. It'll be there waiting for you for you when this is over. But for now, for now, just let it go. Try to relax your shoulders. Adjust yourself in your chair. Make sure you're comfortable. Rest your hands in your lap. Try to notice 
any areas in your body where you might be holding some tension. Relax the muscles in your face. Notice if you're squinting really tight to close your eyes. Relax the muscles in your jaw. And begin to breathe in slowly. Taking in as much air as you can. And at the top of your breath, Begin to exhale, slowly, releasing all the air you just took in. Again, breathe in, nice and slow. And exhale at your own pace. You're not in a rush. Continue the cycle of breathing in and out slowly. Feel your body slow down. Let yourself get lost in this moment. And if at any time during this meditation you find yourself drifting away from the sound of my voice or the music or the melodies, try not to judge yourself. If you find yourself getting lost, plans you have for the week ahead and the things you have to do today. If you feel fear and anxiety and doubt rising in you, try to let those emotions wash over you, but don't hold on to them. Just let them pass. And remember to breathe. If you find yourself holding your breath, remember to let go. Imagine yourself 
Space to rest. Space to rest. 